Chapter Forty Three of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter Forty Three. Rain, Mist, the Jaws. To this day, we argue in the Glen about the sound mistaken by many of us for the firing of the Spittal cannon some calling it thunder, and others the tearing of trees in the torrent. I think it must have been the roll of stones into the Coharity from Silver Hill, of which a corner has been missing since that day. Silver Hill is all stones, as if creation had been riddled there, and in the sun the mica on them shines like many pools of water. At the roar, as they thought, of the cannon, the farmers looked up from the struggle with the flood to say, That's Rintoul's married, as clocks pause simultaneously to strike the hour. Then every one in the glen, save Gavin and myself, was done with Rintoul. Before the hills had answered the noise, Gavin was on his way to the spittal. The dog must have been ten minutes in overtaking him, yet he maintained afterward that it was with him from the start. From this we see that the shock he had got carried him some distance before he knew that he had left the schoolhouse. It also gave him a new strength. That happily lasted longer than his days of mind. Gavin moved northward quicker than I came south, climbing over or wading through his obstacles while I went round mine. After a time, too, the dog proved useful, for on discovering that it was going homeward, it took the lead, and several times drew him to the right road to the spittal by refusing to accompany him on the wrong road. Yet in two hours he had walked perhaps nine miles without being four miles nearer the spittal. In that flood the glen milestones were three miles apart, for some time he had been following the dog doubtfully, for it seemed to be going too near the river. When they struck a cart-track, however, he concluded rightly that they were nearing a bridge. His faith in his guide was again tested before they had been many minutes on this sloppy road. The dog stopped, whined, looked irresolute, and then ran to the right, disappearing into the mist in an instant. He shouted to it to come back, and was surprised to hear a whistle in reply. This was sufficient to make him dash after the dog, and in less than a minute he stopped abruptly by the side of a shepherd. "'Have you barked it?' the man cried almost into Gavin's ear, yet the roar of the water was so tremendous that the words came faintly as if from a distance. "'Why is me? Is it only you, Mr. Dishart? Is it only you?' No one in the glen would have addressed a minister thus except in a matter of life or death, and Gavin knew it. "'He'll be o'er late.' the shepherd exclaimed, rubbing his hands together in distress. I'm speaking of Windbus's grieve. He has run for ropes, but he'll be o'er late. Is there someone in danger? asked Gavin, who stood, he knew not where, with this man, enveloped in mist. Is there no? Look! There is nothing to be seen but mist. Where are we? We're on the high bank of the Coharty. Take care, man. You were stepping o'er into the rarin water. Lie down and tell me if he's there yet. Maybe I just think that I see him, for the seat is painted on my een. Gavin lay prone and peered to the river, but the mist came up to his eyes. He only knew that the river was below from the sound. Is there a man down there? he asked, shuddering. There was a minute sign on a bit island. Why does he not speak? He is senseless. Dinna move, the mist's clearin', and you'll see if he's there sign. The mist has been liftin' and fallin' that way ilka minute since me and the grieve saw him. The mist did not rise. It only shook like a blanket, and then again remained stationary. But in that movement, Gavin had seen twice, first incredulously, 
and then with conviction shepherd he said rising it is lord rintoul ah oh, it's him and ye saw his feet was in the water they were dry when the grieve left me mr dishart the ground he is on is being washed awa bit by bit i tell you the flood's greedy for him and it'll hide him look did you see him again is he living we saw him move Hist, was that a cry it was only the howling of the dog which had recognized its master and was peering over the bank the body quivering to jump but the legs restless with indecision if we were down there gavin said we could hold him secure till rescue comes it is no great jump how far would you make it i saw him again it looked further that time that's it sometimes the ground he is on looks so near that you think you could almost drop on it and the next time it's yards and yards away i've stood ready for the spring mr dishart a dozen times but i i sickened i durna do it look at the dog just when it's starting to jump it pulls its tail back as if it had heard the shepherd the dog jumped at that instant it sprang too far gavin said it didna spring far enough they waited and presently the mist thinned for a moment as if it was being drawn out they saw the earl but there was no dog poor brute said the shepherd and looked with awe at gavin rintoul is slipping into the water gavin answered you won't jump no i'm why for him and then i will gavin was about to say but the shepherd continued and him only married twa hours syne that kept the words in gavin's mouth for half a minute and then he spoke them dinna think o it cried the shepherd taking him by the coat the ground he is on is slippery i flung a dozen stains at it and them that hit it slithered off though you landed in the middle o it you would slide into the water he shook himself free o me the shepherd told afterwards and i saw him bend them down and measuring the distance with his een as cool as if he was calculating a drill o' tatties syne i saw his lips move in prayer it wasna spunk he needed to pray for though next minute there was me in my very arms prigging with him to think better o it and him standing ready to loop his knees bent and not a tremble in them the mist lifted and i lads i couldna gie a look at the earl mr dishart jumped i hardly saw him but i kent i kent i was on the bank alone what did i do i flung myself down in a sweat and if he could bore mist mine would i done it i thought i heard the minister's death cry and may i be struck if i dinna believe now that it was a scarl o my ain after that there was no sound but the jaw o the water and i prayed but no to god to the mister eyes and after an awful time it rose and i saw the minister was safe he had pulled the earl into the middle o the bit island and was rubbing him back to consciousness i sweat when i think o it yet the little minister's jump is always spoken of as a brave act in the glen but at such times i am silent this is not because being timid myself i am without admiration for courage my little maid says that three in every four of my poems are to the praise of prowess and she has not forgotten how i carried her on my shoulder once to tilliedrum to see a soldier who had won the victoria cross and made her shake hands with him though he was very drunk only last year one of my scholars declared to me that nelson never said england expects every man this day to do his duty for which i thrashed the boy and sent him to the cooling stone but was it brave of gavin to jump i have heard some maintain that only misery made him so bold and others that he jumped because it seemed a fine thing to risk his life for an enemy but these are really charges of cowardice and my boy was never a coward of the two kinds of courage however he did not then show the nobler i am glad that he was ready for such an act but he should have remembered margaret and babbie as it was he may be said to have forced them to jump with him 
not to attempt a gallant deed for which one has the impulse may be braver than the doing of it though it seemed as lang time the shepherd says as i could hae run up a hill in i dinna suppose it was many minutes afore i saw rintoul opening and shutting his een the next glint i had at him they were speaking to ane another ay and mair than speaking they were quarrelling i couldna hear their words but there was a moment when i thought they were to grapple lads the memory o that'll hing about my deathbed. there was twa men edicated to the highest pitch ane a lord and utter a minister and the flood was taken awa the mouthful o' their foot and ilk a minute and the jaws o' destruction was gaping for them and yet they were near fechtin we ken now it was about a woman ay but does that make it less awful no that did not make it less awful it was even awful that gavin's first words when rintoul opened his eyes and closed them hastily were where is she the earl did not answer indeed for a moment the words had no meaning to him how did i come here he asked feebly you should know better than i where is my wife i remember now rintoul repeated several times yes i had left the spittle to look for you you were so long in coming how did i find you it was i who found you gavin answered you must have been swept away by the flood and you too in a few words gavin told how he came to be beside the earl i suppose they will say you have saved my life was rintoul's commentary it is not saved yet if help does not come we shall be dead men in an hour what have you done with my wife rintoul ceased to listen to him and shouted sums of money to the shepherd who shook his head and bawled an answer that neither gavin nor the earl heard across that thundering water only gavin's voice could carry the most powerful ever heard in the thrums pulpit the one voice that could be heard all over the comanty during the time of the tent preaching yet he never roared as some preachers do of whom we say ah if they could hear the little minister's word gavin caught the gesticulating earl by the sleeve and said another man has gone for ropes now listen to me how dared you go through a marriage ceremony with her knowing her already to be my wife rintoul did listen this time how do you know i married her he asked sharply i heard the cannon now the earl understood and the shadow on his face shook and lifted and his teeth gleamed his triumph might be short-lived but he would enjoy it while he could well he answered picking the pebbles for his sling with care you must know that i could not have married her against her will the frolic on the hill amused her but she feared you might think it serious and so pressed me to proceed with her marriage to-day despite the flood this was the point at which the shepherd saw the minister raise his fist it fell however without striking do you really think that i could doubt her gavin said compassionately and for the second time in twenty-four hours the earl learned that he did not know what love is for a full minute they had forgotten where they were now again the water seemed to break loose so that both remembered their danger simultaneously and looked up the mist parted for long enough to show them that where had only been the shepherd was now a crowd of men with here and there a woman before the mist came again between the minister had recognized many members of his congregation in his unsuccessful attempt to reach windbusses the grieve had met the relief party from thrums already the weavers had helped wasterlunny to stave off ruin and they were now on their way to the windbusses keeping together through fear of mist and water every few minutes snecky hobart rang his bell to bring in stragglers follow me was all the panting grieve could say at first but his agitation told half his story they went with him patiently only stopping once and then excitedly for they came suddenly on rob dow rob was still lying a prisoner beneath the tree and the grieve now remembered that he had fallen over the tree and neither noticed the man under it nor been noticed by the man fifty hands released poor dow 
and two men were commissioned to bring him along slowly while the others hurried to the rescue of the earl they were amazed to learn from the shepherd that mr dishart also was in danger and after is there a woman wi him some cried he'll get off cheap wi drowning and it's the judgment of god the island on which the two men stood was now little bigger than the round tables common in thrums and its centre was some feet further back from the bank than when gavin jumped a woman looking down at it sickened and would have toppled into the water had not john spence clutched her others were so stricken with awe that they forgot they had hands peter tosh the elder cast a rope many times but it would not carry the one end was then weighted with a heavy stone and the other tied round the waists of two men but the force of the river had been underestimated the stone fell short into the torrent which rushed off with it so furiously that the men were flung upon their faces and trailed to the verge of the precipice a score of persons sprang to their rescue and the rope snapped there was only one other rope and its fate was not dissimilar this time the stone fell into the water beyond the island and immediately rushed downstream gavin seized the rope but it pressed against his body and would have pushed him off his feet had not tosh cut it the trunk of the tree that had fallen on rob dow was next dragged to the bank and an endeavour made to form a sloping bridge of it the island however was now soft and unstable and though the trunk was successfully lowered it only knocked lumps off the island and finally it had to be let go as the weavers could not pull it back it splashed into the water and was at once whirled out of sight some of the party on the bank began hastily to improvise a rope of cravats and the tags of the rope still left but the mass stood helpless and hopeless you may wonder that we could have stood still waiting to see the last of them burst the post has said to me in the schoolhouse but dominie i couldna hae moved magra my neck i'm a hale man but if this minute we was to hear the voice of the almighty saying solemnly afore the clock strikes again burst the post will fall down dead of heart disease what do you think you would do i'll tell you you would stand where you are and stare tongue-tied at me till i dropped how do i ken by the teaching of that nicht ay but there's a mere important thing i dinna ken and that is whether i would be palsied with fear like the earl or face death with the calmness of the minister indeed the contrast between rintoul and gavin was now impressive when tosh had signed that the weavers had done their all and failed the two men looked in each other's faces and gavin's face was firm and the earls working convulsively the people had given up attempting to communicate with gavin save by signs for though they heard his sonorous voice when he pitched it at them they saw that he caught few words of theirs he heard our skirls burst said but couldna grip the words only mair than we could hear the earl and yet we screamed and the minister didna i've heard the highlandmen with the same gift so that they could be heard across a glen we must prepare for death gavin said solemnly to the earl and it is for your own sake that i again ask you to tell me the truth worldly matters are nothing to either of us now but i implore you not to carry a lie into your maker's presence i will not give up hope was all rintoul's answer and he again tried to pierce the mist with offers of reward after that he became doggedly silent fixing his eyes on the ground at his feet i have a notion that he had made up his mind to confess the truth about babby when the water had eaten the island as far as the point at which he was now looking End of chapter 43